My next guest will be one of the dulcet tones that you hear pumping out of your radio. Lane Grindle joins me right now. Lane, thanks for taking some time. Happy opening day. Brian, happy opening day to you. It's, uh, it's so fun that we're actually here. We're, we're finally at opening day. We've been waiting for it for a, lot, a long time, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And go, let's go back to March and April when things were really starting to get pushed back. Did you ever think this day was going to come? I wasn't sure, to be honest with you. I mean, everything kind of happened so fast, and and it was such an unknown that we were dealing with. There was no template for how to deal with it, um, and there still isn't to some degree. Um, and, and and so I, I just I really wasn't sure. I remember not having one thought in my mind that the season could get delayed until March 11th. And on March 11th, Jeff Levering and I did a. a spring training game against the Dodgers at Camelback Ranch and as I was driving to the ballpark it struck me that like hey they could they could end up putting a pause on this thing like maybe maybe we won't play the rest of spring training and then by the time I sat down in my seat at the ballpark some of the news in the NBA was starting to come out Tom Hanks had been uh you know come out with his COVID uh diagnosis and then I was like I don't think we are going to get through spring training at this point. I think this is going to get shut down. And, of course, the next day that's exactly what happened. And, and so it all, that all happened so fast. And then you, you travel home and you're kind of playing this waiting game. And uh, it, it was just it was so hard to fathom what we were dealing with and when we would even play baseball. Uh, I just tried to be optimistic uh, the entire time and hope that we would get to a play, place where we'd have baseball. And I'm so glad that's where we're at now. I think we all are. And all right, so Lane, you, you come home. They say the season is uh, postponed. We don't know what's going on. Do you keep doing your prep, or be honest? Did you just kick back and go, "Yeah, I'll look at things in a couple months if we start up again"? I did a lot of fishing. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I really did. I got on the water a lot. I fished. I tried to follow the news of the day from a baseball perspective as much as I could. Um, but no, I mean, there's not a lot to do in terms of prepping for the season. You've done most of that by the time you get to spring training and throughout the course of spring training. And so you're kind of, you're kind of sitting back hoping for some good news. That's really what you're doing as much as anything. There were, there were other things that I was able to do for the club here and there, uh, host some zoom chats and do some player interviews and things of that nature. And those were fun. Those were days I looked forward to. Uh, reaching out to fans and, and encouraging them to hang in there because we're going to get to baseball at some point. I really enjoyed that stuff because it felt like it kind of kept me connected with the fans and the and the team and and the and the game in general. But uh, there's only so much you can do during that downtime. So I did. I found water as much as I could, and I and I, I fished as much as I could. Very good. Lynn Grindle is my guest. You'll hear him tonight as part of the. Brewers game day coverage right here on WTMJ starting at 5.30. All right, now, any other any other season, today you'd be in Chicago getting ready for the opening day broadcast, and I'm sure on the road you used to have, and even at home, game day uh, rituals, uh, a way to yep. prepare for the big game. How has that changed since tonight? It'll just be you guys sitting in a box at an empty ballpark. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely changed. I mean, one thing that'll be consistent is one of my rituals is at least every other day, my, I'm 39, so my body won't let me do it every day, but I try to get up and get a run in and okay. kind of get the blood flowing a little bit, get my lungs expanded and, and, and just break a little bit of a sweat. That's, that's usually how I like to start my day. It gives me a little bit of energy, kind of clears my mind and, and gets me ready to go. And then from there, I might uh, sit down and read 
a little bit about, you know, what's going on with the opposition at that point. So I sit down, read a little bit about the Cubs. I can still do all that stuff, you know, at home. Uh, sure. It's just a little different because it's not, you know, up, up Lakeshore in Chicago uh, that I'm doing my run with, and I'm not sitting at a, at a hotel room or in a hotel room. But uh, then, then I grab some lunch, and then I start, you know, maybe a little bit of downtime, and then mid-afternoon, I'm early to mid-afternoon, I'm starting to make my way to the ballpark. And that's pretty much the same thing here. The difference is when you get to the ballpark, it's different. Uh, when you get to the ballpark in traditional times, you're going to the clubhouse, you're finding your interview, you're talking to guys, you're going to maybe stand around the cage a little bit during batting practice, and we're not doing that anymore. So probably I anticipate, maybe not at first, because there's so much newness to how we're doing this, but I think as we get more and more comfortable with how we're going to be calling these games, I think we'll probably start arriving at the ballpark a little bit later because a lot of the work that we're going to do now, we're going to be able to do from home, uh, whether it's Zoom interviews and things of that nature. But I think at least for these first couple of weeks as we're getting our feet wet with calling games off monitors and getting comfortable with it, we'll try to stick to a more traditional schedule just because we'll want to be as comfortable as we possibly can before first pitch happens. All right, well, you mentioned it. Let's get let's get to the nuts and bolts of how you guys are going to do this because radio radio is a lot more difficult to call. You, you are working to create a theater of the mind, which is why I think baseball sounds so great on the radio. Yeah. You're used to being able to see the whole yard. As you look out, you can you talk about everything that's going on now for the first time, you're going to be working off monitors with whatever angle they feed you back. Uh, is there a way to prepare for that? Have you been practicing at home? Like every kid, when they thought about being a sportscaster, was calling games off the television. Have you been doing that? Or how are you How are you making the adjustment to go from seeing everything to seeing a little box? Yeah, I've done, I've done a little bit of that, Brian. I've, I've, I've called a little bit of uh, TV down, call the game, just to kind of get you know, mental reps, so to speak, just to get your your uh, mind in the place of calling play-by-play again. Because it's been a while since I've even called play-by-play, obviously, since since spring training. The other part is um, uh, video games, uh, to be honest with you. My son and I play uh, RBI baseball on the Xbox, and and he insists that I call the game. While, oh, wow, okay. And so that's been kind of a fun thing that, that I've done to try to at least stay somewhat um, locked in on, on this craft. But um, I have done a little bit of that. It, this is going to be an adjustment, but I will tell you this, I, and I, I, I don't think it's going to be immediate. I think there's going to be an, uncomfort, uh, an uncomfortable level to this for the first week or two at least because we're going to have to get our eyes trained to looking at a TV monitor versus looking out over the field. And there's just going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of uncomfortable, uncomfortable feelings, I think, in the first uh, week or two of, of doing games this way. But once we get adjusted to that, and I think we're going to be able to, I really do, I think we're going to be able to really produce a great product. And, 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 and maybe I'm being too harsh by saying it's going to take a couple of weeks. It might only take a game or two. When you think about our broadcasts, and I think this is important for everybody listening to understand, when you listen to our broadcasts, I really think that people are going to be able to forget about the fact that there's no fans in the stands because there is crowd noise that's going to be pumped in. You're going to be hearing that. You're going to be hearing some atmosphere, and you're going to hear us calling the game. 
And while every once in a while we may have a half-second delay on a ball hit in the air because we're not going to know immediately if it's getting out like we might know if we're at the ballpark, I don't think for the most part those things are going to come through to the listener. I think you're going to be able to listen to us. You're going to hear Uke telling his jokes and telling his great stories. You're going to hear Jeff and I typically laughing at those things. <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to sound pretty normal to people on the radio. And I, I really believe that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to gravitate towards the radio call over the course of the next couple of months because it's going to sound very similar to what they've heard in the past. Even though the way we're doing it is going to be different, I think once we make these adjustments, I think everybody's going to turn it on and, and, and it's not going to sound that much different to them. That's my goal. That's my hope. I know that's probably the same for you and Jeff, and I think we're going to be able to deliver on that before it's all said and done. Why well, I have no doubt that that's the case. You mentioned the crowd noise. How do you feel about the crowd noise being pumped in? Is that something? Is that something that you think the players really need? Is it more for the listening audience? Is it? Is it to give you guys a, a second to adjust to where things are? I think it's all those things. To be honest with you, I was skeptical of it when they first started talking about it. But I've been in the ballpark over the last couple of weeks when it's been piped in, and I think it's a huge difference. And I think it's a very big positive thing for the atmosphere, but, but also for the play on the field. Um, from the standpoint of the players, when they are trying to communicate on the field, there's a lot of things they're trying to communicate, maybe between shortstop and second base or shortstop and third base, that they don't want the batter to hear. Maybe it's something about what pitch is about to come because the shortstop can see – into the catcher and he can see hey off speed's coming so he might give a little whistle to the third baseman so he knows he can cheat maybe another step closer to the line well if if there's no crowd noise the batter hears that and now he knows he's not getting a fastball that's a problem so i think it's going to be easier with the crowd noise piped in for the guys in the field to be able to communicate with one another and i think that's clearly very important I think from our standpoint, too, it will lift our voices a little bit. It'll give us a little bit more sense of urgency, a little bit more energy when we're calling the game versus falling into maybe sounding like we just poured a glass of wine and we're sitting back <laughs> watching. You know, I mean, I, I think you do want that. No, edge, that makes, right, that makes sense because if there's nobody there reacting, that is, you know, it's just you guys sitting there. It, it, yep. You're right. It could fall into that pattern of, oh, yeah, we're very laid back. Right, and I think you want to keep that edge. You want to be on the, the edge of your seat, and when a great play is made, you want to be just as excited as you would be when you're listening to the fans react to it in, in normal times. So I, I think it's going to provide all those things. I think it's going to be a, a very positive thing, and I'm glad that they're doing it. All right, before I let you go, Lane, what are you most excited about for the team this year, and what do you think the fans should be the most excited about, other than the fact that baseball is back starting tonight? I think they should be excited about the pitching. I, I've I've been really impressed with what I saw in summer camp. Now they got to do it in the regular season, of course. But uh, I just I was blown away with how good Corbin Burns looked during summer camp. He looked really sharp. I'm excited to see him get the ball tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff looks like he's about to take that step into being an ace. I think Adrian Hauser is poised to have a really good year for for the Brewers. So I I really like this group. Eric Lauer, I think when he gets his arm built all the way up is going to be another really good piece. I think this has got a chance to be a nice rotation and a very under-the-radar rotation in the National League. I think we all know they have a great bullpen led by Josh Hader, but I think this rotation is going to surprise people before it's all said and done. 
All right, so we'll be watching the pitching. We'll be listening to the game tonight, starting at 5.30 right here on WTMJ. Lane, have a great call tonight. Uh, Good luck with all the adjustments. I know you guys are going to do a fantastic job, and I appreciate you taking a little time this afternoon. Hey, appreciate you having me, and we're excited to do it. We're just glad we're calling baseball. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, Lane, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll be listening to you tonight. Thanks again. You bet. Thank you.